Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Shortly, we'll be joined by Millie Manders and The Shut Up after they just released their new single, Rebound. But before then, the usual reminders from myself. If you would, please do follow Full Pelt on social media. We are on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening. Welcome, Millie, to the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you on today. Uh, really enjoyed Rebound, which you've only just put out and we'll talk to you about in just a second. But obviously, first question is, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, bright and breezy. You? Yeah, yeah, no, um, fantastic. It's a bit miserable where I am, unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah. It's grey and cold here too. Yeah, well, that is Britain for you, isn't it? Eh? So, <laughs> yeah, um, we've all got to make do of it. Um, but something that's cheered me up recently, as I've said, uh, is Rebound, the single that you, you've put out. Obviously, Millie Manders and the Shut Up, um, uh, fantastic, you know, group that you, you lead. And obviously, you've um, you know recently put your debut album out. Well, I say recently, it's about two years ago now. <laughs> but obviously, time has just uh, left us over the last few years of everything that's been going on. So we will talk to you about that in just a moment as well. But we'll start off with Rebound. Um, and obviously, you put the single out on Valentine's Day, um, which obviously was for a very good reason, I should imagine. So um, <laughs> dare I ask what the song is about? Uh, so I did quite a lot of trying to online date for a year. Um, I probably only met like three people for a coffee really uh, over that period of time. Um, but what I found largely was that a lot of people will give you all of these signals that they really like you um, and kind of try and reel you in. But the vast majority of people that I met on, on internet dating were just rebounding from a previous long-term relationship. And it was just really sucky, quite frankly. Um, but also prior to that, I'd had two sort of short relationships um, and both of those people were on the rebounds, but hadn't mm. sort of been open and honest enough about it and had done the whole L word thing even um, and then been like, oh, whoops. Yeah, no, I'm not over my ex. And I was just like, OK, I am seething. I was seething. Um and yes, I, I'm 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 the sort of passive aggressive person that gets really really angry, and then writes a song and immortalizes those emotions. And so, rebound came from all of those kind of experiences. And I've spoken to quite a lot of people about sort of online dating, particularly. And mm. you know, there's lots of people that have had similar experiences where they've kind of had their hearts ripped out. And I think that's really sucky. And um, I just wanted to give them a little bit of you're not alone kind of vibe, but also put out a very strong message to quite frankly, dickheads um, who get into relationships, possibly even knowing that they're on rebounds um, and hurting people. So, yeah. 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 It, felt like, it felt like an appropriate day. It certainly was. <laughs> said track. <laughs> Yes, yes, most definitely, most definitely. Um, and yeah, I think in this day and age, uh, it is becoming ever so increasingly uh, difficult to meet people in a normal way. And obviously online dating is um, sort of take, taken over, really. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure it's a song that you know, a lot of listeners will be able to relate to. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Um, well, that's what I was hoping for anyway. And I've certainly had some feedback to the to the tune of that. <laughs> well picking up on you know, the tune of that as well obviously you know the lyrical side is one thing but yeah musically as well yeah you know, i've really enjoyed listening to the the song um so how how did the uh you know actual music and the, and the structure to the song come together for you i had it in my head yeah. i wrote shit chords on a guitar <laughs> uh i worked on it until i felt that it was there or thereabouts then I went to my guitarist Joe and said here's some shit chords on a guitar and some lyrics and some melodies I need you to help me make it sound more like a band this is what I want to sound like and then Joe the poor sod had like two weeks of sending me back and forth uh, logic projects and me going no that pause needs to be like four seconds longer no that's not quite right. I need the guitars more chuggy in that opening two seconds or what you know, like <laughs> I was really picky about it. Um, thank you, Joe, for being so patient with me and my vision for rebound. Um, but yeah, I was incredible. I, I it was it's all in my head. Um, but I don't do logic and I don't I'm not a competent guitar player, I'm not a competent electric guitarist. That's why I have one in my band. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Joe does both of those. He's a sound engineer. He's very good with production and he's a very, very good guitarist. So I was able to trust him um, and piecemeal communicate exactly what I wanted to hear from the track. Um, so, yeah, it was more of a slog getting it to that point than it was me just picking up my guitar and singing into a tuner and going, right, it's that note, so I need that chord. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, your vision has, has really worked out and it is a fantastic single, um, which obviously listeners really do need to check out. So we've included it uh, on one of our Spotify playlists and obviously um, we'll have the link in the in the bio. But of course, it's available all streaming sites and there's a, uh, a cool little lyric video uh, on YouTube as well, which uh, listeners um, could check out. And I'm sure the link for that will be in the bio for this episode as well. Um, so I'm going to take you, as I say, back in time slightly now. Um, so time's all a bit of a skew and it's obviously interesting that, you know, um, obviously we're talking about online dating. We're, of course, chatting over um, digital means. And of course, you talked about the um, you know, recording of the song and the writing of the song or having to you know, exchange you know, messages over a period of time. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the sort of world we live in now. And it's been um, sort of, you know, thrust upon us a lot more in recent years because of the pandemic. So, I mean. Uh, doing research for this interview and obviously you know aware of your debut album and, and loved it you know when it came out and um again i thought it's only come out sort of a few months ago but of course no it's like two years ago <laughs> um what was it like for you um you know a debut album is obviously a really personal and important moment for a band you know to to put that out mid pandemic you know what was that experience like for you I mean, I know people expect me to say it was really tough. It wasn't. Um, I had, we'd written the album in 2019. Um, so we recorded it at the end of 2019. We went into the studio at the end of 2019, which was really bloody lucky, wasn't it, actually? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd kind of set out, just to be clear to anybody listening, I, I take on the eye because I do actually do a lot of the marketing media um, in fact, all of it, I do the logistics and the marketing planning. So I, I sit there and decide 
what the best plan is for the album release and which singles should go first. And obviously I consult the band, but my degree is in music management. It's in the specialism of music business. And in particular, I aced in things like multimedia marketing. So um, it's not because I'm being selfish about this thing. It's literally because I sat there and, and did the release plan. Um, so the release plan for me was already sorted out in sort of January of 2020. And we had our first single dropping in April and we were going to do the tour in April. It was the Silent Screams tour. I had all of the artwork ready from an artist and I had all the posters done and we had the venues booked and I was working really hard with my booking agent to make sure that all of the shows were, were great. And he was doing a brilliant job of routing. And then in February, we start hearing all of these, oh, there might be a lockdown in the UK. And I'm like, <laughs> it won't be it's fine it's fine absolutely fine March comes around I at that point then had a, a nervous breakdown which didn't really help no. um, and became incapacitated as a result um and then the lockdown happened so I was already incapacitated and off work for a month at this point anyway before the lockdown happened so I probably wouldn't have gone on the tour anyway but lockdown put paid to that and what I did was I made the choice being that I was having awful times with my own mental health anyway one thing that was salvaging my mental health was music and I was like well there's got to be hundreds of thousands if not millions of other people that also are desperately in need of new music and I was watching all of these bands say oh they're po postponing their album release and they're postponing this and that and I was like guys we're sticking to this we're sticking to this on the nail and we are going to release the singles exactly where we said we we're going to release them we're going to release merchandise, but instead of releasing the limited merchandise the way we would do, we're going to put five pounds from each merchandise sale to a charity. And each time there'll be different charities. Uh, so we did a mental health one. We did a Trussell Trust one. We did um, Papyrus uh, Suicide for Youth. So we did several different charities through these, these merchandise and we just kept to the schedule. And so, you know, I didn't have to tour. The only thing I had to concentrate on that entire year was making sure that the release plan went to to plan, that the artwork and the merchandise was there to put out, that the vinyls and everything got delivered because they were still considered to be frontline workers because anything that could be sold in stores was still key worker. So we had all of our vinyls, all of our CDs, everything coming in. Um, and it, it just it just flowed, you know, I just had to make sure that it was there and that I was doing social media posts and going, hey, the vinyl arrived, <laughs> you know. That kind of thing. Um, and then when the, we started coming out, um, not even when we started coming out of lockdown, um, my bubble was my tour manager at the time. So I was able to then just work with him and our tour van and get all of the post out as well. So for me, like I was so lucky. I was so lucky that it was really easy. And I truly believe that the lockdown helped us to connect to people in a completely different way and in a much bigger way than if we had toured the album before people got to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and the second album, when it happens, <laughs> um, will be a completely different flip on that. And it'll be really interesting to see how that works. But yeah, lockdown really wasn't, it wasn't tough on my band and I. In fact, I think we had the most lucrative year we've ever had and have not had since. Yeah. Yeah, which is fantastic to hear. It really is because, I mean, obviously, the pandemic and the lockdowns, you know, were absolutely dreadful for for everyone. I mean, and your point is completely true. 
you know, sitting at home with nothing to do, you know, you, as a fan, I was desperate for, for, you know, new music and, you know, the only social interaction you were getting was the postman coming along. So especially if he was bringing a fantastic new album to you that you get to listen to. I mean, obviously it's, for our mental health, you know, as, as, as fans, it was fantastic for the bands such as yourself that, that were willing to press ahead regardless and, and get stuff out there. And um, obviously, yeah, terrible time, but it is nice um, over the podcast that I do. Occasionally we do get to hear, positives if you want to call it a positive you know story that come out of it and, and it's nice to be able to put a spotlight on that and, and obviously hear you talk about it yeah I mean I'm never going to take away from the fact that friends of friends and family members of friends and you know connections all over the place lost their lives or lost their livelihoods and there's so much awful stuff that happened in the pandemic and I will never take away from any of that but for me personally I was just incredibly lucky actually that I had a breakdown um because I had the time off work um and (laughs) and I was able to just focus on delivering new music to people you know and I could focus on doing um online shows and things like that just connected with people in a completely different way and it really made me a lot closer to uh, the people that follow our music by being able to do that yeah yeah certainly and of course social media has become over the years ever so more important you know for, for musicians to connect with their audiences and obviously it was never more important than than during the pandemic so yeah how did you find the reaction to to the album and putting that out there um it was it was quite mind-blowing you know I, I wasn't expecting anything really you know I consider us to be a very small band um, lots of people try to naysay that statement, but for me, you can't walk up to somebody on the street and say, do you know Millie Manders and the Shut Up? They're not going to be like, yes, yes, I do. They're fab because we're a small band, you know? Um, so to have such a great reaction, to have so many more people coming to our shows afterwards, uh, after the pandemic and singing along to those and talking to us about which song connected to them and why. Uh, we even had a couple of people coming up to me and saying that it kind of saved them, which was just mind-blowing you know it's just not something you expect especially when quite frankly I write my songs from a selfish cathartic perspective yeah I hope that other people will connect to them but it's completely selfish it's all about me getting my feelings out onto a piece of paper into a song so that I can feel better about it you know so to have so many people really connect to that and come up to me and, and say stuff like that is I don't have a word for the level of gratitude that that brings to me you know um so yeah, I, I, you know, your debut album for me was just like, people have been calling for an album. We need to write an album. Great. We've written an album. Let's put it out. This is exciting. Woo. Look, we've got a white test press. Yay. We're so cool. Um, but that was like, that was the level of it. It wasn't like you expect people to actually want to listen to it. And then there was like a hundred thousand listens. And then there was like 250,000 on one of the tracks and then primordial radio had it as like your story is the top liked track of the year up against people like skunk and Nancy and slipknot and we were just like what the fuck is <laughs> happening what is happening you know so they're small accolades but for a band that's small it's incredible and heartwarming and yeah just just so grateful for everything that we've had since yeah, and well earned, well earned, definitely everything that's coming your way. And there are big things on the horizon, which we'll talk about um, in, in just a second. But I, I did want to uh, 
just ask as well, just uh, before we move off the pandemic, because I try not to talk about too much about the pandemic these days, of course, because we all want to move on. Um, but I'm one of those people that were so deprived of music, I started heading out as soon as I could to the socially distanced shows. Hey. And I believe you did uh, play, <laughs> play a few, didn't you? Um, yeah. yeah. What was your experience of those shows? Because it was so awkward as an as a, um, audience member, because at the time you didn't really know what you were allowed to do um and obviously it was just a weird weird um environment to be in but i just want to get your perspective as a performer playing that sort of show what it was like for you obviously it's really different um we played two sold out ones at new cross inn um and they had the big round tables and everyone was sat down and i was sort of encouraging people to wiggle their butts because they weren't even allowed to stand at the table and dance so they were able to wiggle their butts honestly i drank a bottle of wine a show <laughs> on stage um because it's quite you put out a lot of energy and when you put out loads of energy to something to somebody you you need to have that energy back in order to feel good about that you know um and i'm putting out my heart and soul and all i've got is this <laughs> loving it you know they people really loved the shows people really enjoyed it but my gosh, it was really hard work and they were some of the most draining shows I've ever done um, because of that lack of energy. It took me right back to the days of only having one man and his dog in the room <laughs> and putting out all that energy because I've always had a rule that every show you play, you play like you're playing to 10,000, even if it's one. Yeah. It, like, because every person that's bought a ticket deserves to have that show. Um, but the less energy you have coming back, the more tired you get doing it. Um, they were fun and I really appreciated that people came to watch us in that situation. People still bought merchandise. We did that at the tables. We came around with a card machine if people wanted to buy merchandise. Um, and people loved it. You know, it was really good that they got to have that experience again. We did also do a couple that I'm not going to name the venue of because, um, they definitely weren't as socially distanced as they should. <laughs> um, and as the night wa wore on, they became less and less social yeah. um, and they became more like actual gigs. And they were a little bit like, should we be here? <laughs> um, but we did them anyway, because they were, they were fun and, you know, a show's a show and we, yeah. we, um, and we really enjoy going out and doing that. Uh, but yeah, a completely different ball game to having a crowd of people that are able to just let loose. Of course, of course. Um, but thankfully, we can do that again now. So, you know, rooms are full again. And um, obviously, you've got a tour coming up. Um, so in April, you're heading out uh, around the UK um, for some, uh, obviously, headline shows. You know, what should uh, listeners expect from those shows? Well, I mean, the whole of Telling Truths, Breaking Ties, pretty much. Um, plus uh, Rebound and if we can, I cannot promise this, we're trying to get another new song ready. Um, but I, you know, I don't want to blow that whistle unless <laughs> it's a definite. Um, so definitely this year, we're going to start getting new songs in the set. As we're writing, we want to get those new songs in the set because it's really good to play new songs live once you're happy with them. Because quite frankly, it doesn't matter how many times you do it in a rehearsal room or get it recorded in the studio until you hit that song on the stage. There's a whole set of development that doesn't happen. Um, so 
we'll be looking for reaction from our crowd, yeah. whether or not people like them and finding out from people afterwards at the merch desk, whether or not people like those new songs. Um, hopefully we'll have another one by April. I'm not promising. <laughs> but I'll try. Yeah, uh, well, it's certainly something to to whet the appetite of, of fans. Um, as is the fact that you know that you know, that tease of new music. I believe there is yeah you know, work is underway um, yeah. for album number two. Yeah, um, but there's no point in asking me when album two is going to come out. No, album two will happen when we have a body of work that we are completely happy with in terms of content, musicality, structure how they work together as a group of songs. We basically wrote and recorded Telling Truths, Breaking Ties in the period of about six months. And I still feel quite fluky about the fact that I really like those songs. You know, like, yeah, I feel like that's like, wow, how ever come that? Um, so I don't want to take that risk with album two. I want to make sure that we care about this baby not so much that we overthink it but it has to be an evolution for me it has to be a move on from telling truths breaking ties not moving away from but a move forward with you know um i have different band members uh i have different things that i really want to talk about um some of them i'm finding quite difficult to write about because they're so hard hitting um, and I think it's really important to get those lyrics right to do justice to the subject matters that I'm talking about. So this is a process that's going to take a lot longer for me, I think, than the first album. So I'm not just going to shit out 10 songs and put them on an album for you. I really want an album that we are proud of before we present it to you in the hopes that you guys will be happy with it. Yeah, which is a fantastic um, attitude to have. It, it really is. Um, and another fantastic attitude that I, I find with, with yourself is, you know, a willingness to um, talk about, you know, difficult subjects and perhaps as well controversial subjects. You know, a lot of subjects that shouldn't be controversial, but for some reason our society today are. Um, and, and I know a lot of bands avoid doing so these days because, of course, you're all competing for such a small share of an audience out there that you don't want to alienate certain aspects. But there's, you know, a, you know, a braveness, you know, um, to your you know, willingness to, to write about you know, certain subjects, which I have to um, commend you for, really. Thank you. I mean, I think that it's true and it's not. I, there are some bands that are considered very political that I think are super vanilla with their political lyricism um they skirt around subjects so it sounds like they're talking about a subject but they're not really talking about a subject because it kind of gets people to go oi oi but they're not really mm -hmm. they haven't got substance to it but you know what that's their choice that's their creative choice and you know if people love those that music and they're connecting to it then psh, go for it and if that band loves that music go for it um I'm a bit too angry for that. I've always been a bit too angry for that. Um, but what's really nice, what I love at the moment is that you're starting to see things like the subject of mental health creeping through into pop. I don't know if you've heard Lizzo's latest song, but it's incredible. Yeah. The lyricism of it. Um, let, hang on, let me just... I am going to see if I can get it. Um, 
special, Lizzo special. Because I think people should understand that this stuff is 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 happening and it's just, it's beautiful. In case nobody told you today, you're special. In case nobody made you believe, nobody, you're special. Well, I will always love you the same, you're special. I'm so glad that you're still with us. Broken, but damn, you're still perfect. You're special. I mean, how powerful is that? How yeah. powerful is that to hear that on the radio in a pop song? Yeah. By somebody like Lizzo. And I heard it on the radio for the first time maybe two weeks ago. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There's like suicidal thoughts under, in the undercurrent of that that track. And it's like speaking to people on a level that listen to Radio 1 on a regular basis. Yeah. You know? so it's starting to creep through. And I'm so happy about that. I think it's really exciting. I think the more heavy political stuff, yeah, that's going to be more difficult to get into the mainstream. Yeah. But then you've got people like Lizzo that talk about, you know, body positivity and stuff. And that's a really tough subject. It's a really tough, hard subject to crack and get into mainstream. And she's done it. So yeah. I have all the time in the world for her, if you hadn't guessed. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and then you've got people like Delilah Bond. You know, Lauren Tate is an incredible artist. And she's just been on national TV in, in France, singing her song about war on women around the world. Yeah. That's, that's amazing so there's these beautiful move forwards um and i i'm watching it with relish i'm there with my sweet and salt popcorn <laughs> let's go let's do more definitely definitely uh, and it is dead true what you say uh you know i think the fact that it is breaking through in, into pop and mainstream you know because i think you know rock and punk and you know all these sort of genres have perhaps sort of been more willing to broach those sort of subjects previously or at least it's been amplified more from them previously um but as you say yeah to hear that sort of um you know lyrical content on radio one you know during the day you know is is only going to be a good thing for everyone exactly yeah yeah, yeah absolutely fantastic keep going please thank you definitely definitely um so obviously a, a lot um happening for the band as we say you've got the tour coming up um album number two is um in the process yeah and we'll come down the line uh, we've touched on social media uh, that's how everyone needs to stay up to date with what's coming from the band so i always like to give out the handles even though we will have the links in the bio as well um but listeners uh, instagram and twitter millie manders um and facebook millie manders music that's where you want to head um to keep up to date with everything coming from millie and the band um one of the big things that you've got coming up is main stage slam dunk festival um and that lineup on that stage oh, i don't think i'm going to move all day uh it's absolutely incredible um obviously yourselves uh teenage bottle rocket zebrahead millen collin gogo bedello flogging molly less than jake bowling for soup the offspring um i mean you must be excited to be playing oh, um, when that call came through when my booking agent was like listen Slam Dunk had been in touch. I was just like, <gasps> fuck off. <laughs> like, this is something that I've been wanting to do my life, you know, like it's just, it's one of those pinnacle festivals that you look at and every year there's your heroes are on those stages. Um, but we actually had festivals on both those days at the time. Yeah. Which was like, I could see if they could move them. You're on stage at 11.45 in the morning, but logistically there's going to be a lot of traveling. I was like, Fuck it. <laughs> I will walk in my sleep from wherever I need to. <laughs> <laughs> so Rich worked, our, our booking agent worked really, really hard with the festivals that we already had booked. Um, and he 
thankfully the kindness of the festivals to move our slots so that one went on to the Friday and one went later on the Sunday so that we could do both of the slam dunk days so we're now doing two festivals on the Sunday we'll do Leeds and slam slam dunk Leeds and then we've got to go straight down to Derby to Bearded Theory to play there that same day but the kindness of those festivals yeah. to allow us to do that and give us that opportunity the amazing thing of slam dunk asking us like us, they asked us. <laughs> like I've had people message like, so how did you do that? I'm like, they asked me. Uh, rude, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Other people can't believe it either. So there you go. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just a yeah, you know, a fantastic opportunity for, for the band obviously so, so you're opening up that uh main stage so again anyone listening that is heading along to, to slam dunk um get in there early and catch millie um and i say pretty much set up camp at that, uh, that stage all day with that lineup absolutely incredible um when you know you've got a big show a big slot like this coming up yeah you know, how, how do you prepare for it do you do anything differently or you, or do you just say you know what we are what we are we're going to go and do our thing well I definitely work with the band to so again this is something else that I really like to do is I, I work the set lists I look at the set list and what the shows are and largely I'll have a set list that works for the year that's what most bands do they will craft a set list that works that's different to the previous year to give a different energy a different journey through the songs add in new songs take out some old ones whatever um, but with festivals like that, you have a smaller slot, so you're not going to be on the stage for as long. So you craft the set list so that from the moment you start to the second you finish, your aim is to capture energy, capture the audience's attention and fucking hold it. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that's what we did with the Less Than Jake tour. We crafted a 25-minute set that we felt was high energy from start to finish that showcased us in every possible variation of what we do <clears throat> to give people who'd never seen us before a broad idea of what we can do as a band and how we perform. Um, and that's what I'll be doing for Slam Dunk, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to go down an absolute storm. Um, definitely, definitely. So again, listeners, Slam Dunk, get down there early um, and, and obviously check out the band. And you touched, obviously, yeah, on the tour with... Uh, less than Jake and uh, Skinny Lister uh, on the tour as well, who we had on the podcast not too long ago. Hello again, my time frame is going out. That probably was about a year ago as well. Um, but yeah, what was your experience of, of being out on the road with those guys? Incredible. They were really lovely guys. Chris was in our, our dressing room half the time. Um, they got me to sing um, one of their songs towards the end of the set every day, which was really, really cool. It was an amazing experience to be on stage at like, ridiculously packed out thousands of people venues um right up next to roger and singing harmonies with chris like what the hell Swear, it's the last time like what i'm singing that song with you guys on like your seminal album and and they they opened they 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 were no they didn't open it was maybe three or four songs in um they played a song that the song that I discovered them on a Metal Hammer CD or something. So, yeah. you know, this is one of my like 17 year old Millie carrying a skateboard that she'd never be able to ride, <laughs> listening to punk music in jelly jeans and probably a similar attire to this, actually. <laughs> um, you know, and discovering Less Than Jake and No Effects and Real Big Fish and all of these bands, Damned and just distillers. 
know, like I I still can't quite piece together the fact that I played a series of 10 shows with my musical heroes. Yeah, yeah. It must be uh, yeah, a special feeling, really must. And they were yeah. nice. Which is always a, a bonus. They do say don't meet your heroes, but obviously in this case that wasn't yeah, wasn't the case. They gave us all our left their leftover rider. Nice. <laughs> Oh, absolutely fantastic. I mean, obviously, it, it's it, just incredible to to see, you know, the progress that you and the band are, are making. And obviously, you know, another album on the way, say, Big Slot of Slam Dunk, uh, tour in April, um, you know, certainly you know, heading in a fantastic direction. Um, and uh, we're, we're all on board for it. So, I mean, yeah, can't wait to see what you guys have got coming up uh, next, you know. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, again, listeners, uh, it's, it's Millie Manders on Instagram and Twitter, Millie Manders Music on Facebook. Um, obviously, I encourage everyone to, um, you know, check out Rebound and to head along to a show and definitely catch uh, catch that set at Slam Dunk. Um, Millie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and chatting with you. Um, I always like to put a bit of pressure on uh, to finish this off and just throw the last bit to you. Uh, what would be your final message for the listeners today? Oh, my final message is always the same. It's always just thank you. Thank you for your your incredible support. Thank you for sticking with us through thick and thin. Thank you for downloading and streaming and buying merch and coming to shows because if I didn't have you guys, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, nothing truer, nothing truer. Um, absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, thank you for joining us, Millie. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with Millie. Do make sure you check out their single Rebound and of course, follow the band on social media. You can also follow Full Pelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening because we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Full Pelt Music podcast. <laughs>